Welcome to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company. Thank you for joining us today in our search for what makes a great communicator. I'm your host, Joel Silverstone, and every episode we'll be speaking with leaders and experts on how they were able to use their communication skills to inspire, create trust, collaboration, and influence others all in a respectful manner. How did they do it? What did they do to get better? How did they adapt? Where did they fail? Listeners and viewers, if you are looking to improve your communication skills and take those steps to being the next great leader in business, you're in the right place. Enjoy the podcast. How can we communicate successfully in meetings with clients or with our colleagues? What about if you're a longtime friends and you decide, hey, let's start a business? Well, how would you make that work? And what communication skills would you need to be effective and maintain respect and grow the business? In this episode, our guests, Noah Maisland and Marco Lend, have figured out a way to operationalize their communication styles with each other, their clients, and their roster of 130 plus remote contract workers. And they've been involved in over 20,000 meetings. So we're going to be finding out what are the key factors here that make meetings successful and those that are not so much like those that lead to just another meeting. No Maisland and Marco Lind are those longtime friends who co-founded in 2014 Minute Solutions, which specializes in professional minute-taking and transcription for meetings and improved communication across a variety of industries. No Maisland was born with entrepreneurship in his blood. His father, grandfathers, and even great-grandfather were all entrepreneurs. And Marco Lind, he has a background in med tech and logistics. And Marco was always looking for ways to improve efficiencies within his respective companies and found that entrepreneurial life was better suited for him. Love this quote from the episode you're about to listen to. Without solid communication, you don't have much of a business. This is an insightful episode on leadership, meetings, business partnerships, and the communication skills needed to be successful. Let's meet Noah Maislund and Marco Lind. All right. We've got Noah and Marco. Thank you so much for being on the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast today. Thank Thanks you, Joe. for having us. Good afternoon. Absolutely. Uh, this is great. We're going to be talking about... Good meeting, bad meetings. I mean, you guys have been doing this for a long time. You've sat in on a lot of meetings. You operate a staff of you know well over 100 who have sat in on meetings. So we're, we're going to get that insight into what makes a good meeting, a bad meeting. We're also going to talk as, as two people running this company, how you are communicating with each other and how you're communicating to, uh, to the staff that is, I guess, across North America. Um, and we're going to, of course, talk about that failure, ta-da moment in the your career how does that sound as an agenda for today guys perfect real good let's do it <laughs> all right good i passed the first test yeah. i said a good agenda all right perfect great uh let's talk a bit about minute solutions and um what's in, what's interesting about your company is that you've been running remote business long before we even knew what the word remote meant before it was so trendy. let's talk a little bit about that <laughs> before it was trending that's right hashtag remote yeah exactly Yes, yeah, so uh, we started, Marco and I started our business in 2014, and, uh, uh, you know, we kind of always knew we wanted to run a remote business, mainly because uh, we didn't have a lot of money when we were starting out, and we didn't want the overhead uh, of, of an office and carrying that cost. So kind of looked at it, and we said, hey, can we run this business without an office, at least to start? I think Marco 
was always pushing to uh, to get the office, and I was always a little bit, not, a little bit, yeah, keep our costs uh, as lean as possible. And um, yeah, in 2014, we just kind of launched it, and uh, thankfully enough, we're, we're in an industry where the majority of the work is done virtually or offsite, and. Um, yeah, we uh, we had a look and we looked at the industry and we said, uh, what uh, what can we do? How can we help? Uh, how can we help this industry with uh, keeping things as virtual as possible? And yeah, that's kind of when we started in 2014 with uh, those goals and aspirations. So this has worked out well for you that meetings are remote now because I guess with you know I think you have 130, 140. Uh, minute takers, meeting takers, and um, and now I guess you can. It's easy to move people around to go, to be at meetings pretty fast. Yeah, correct. I think initially my desire to have an office wasn't to have minute takers there, but for me it was to have a centralized sort of location where no one I could go to work more than anything. And we figured out how to do it from our condos, and it was kind of the plan A until we grew to a point where we could get an office, and then. Um, you know, Noah being the money guy, he's like, let's just be lean, let's just stay lean. And then eventually we got to a point where I definitely realized the, um, the convenience of working remotely. There are, there were some challenges early on and, and there are, but as you mentioned now, um, most of our meetings happen virtually, which is good because it allows us to scale better. We can work with clients all over the world, predominantly over Canada and U.S., but the, mm -hmm. the hubs span all over all over both countries. So now we can send minute takers. We don't have to have local minute takers. We can send minute takers essentially who are, um, you know, very skill specific to, to clients who are industry specific and match them up. Right. Even though they're not located next door, you can have somebody from the west coast of Canada, Canada dialing into a meeting on the you know um, eastern seaboard of the U.S. and their skill sets might match up specifically with that industry and they're allowed that they can essentially attend that and it's made scaling easier and it's also made hiring a little bit easier taking away the transportation um, necessities as well makes total sense i think that's probably the biggest advantage of this whole remote is um people can, like you said with certain skill sets can now you know there's no cost for travel they can you can get your best minute taker who's maybe on the west coast to, to uh, because their skills that might be in the financial industry they understand what's going on with somebody on the eastern seaboard yeah Brilliant. it also opens up uh the hiring for us i mean previous like marco said previously mm -hmm. uh you know let's say for a lot of our clients are in the gta so we'd have to hire people who live within the gta or around the gta so, you know we're right. getting resumes from all over across canada into the us and uh, our hiring manager christine look at them and she said this person is amazing but you know they live two don't have any clients in away. <laughs> so yeah now it really opens up uh, the playing field for us in terms of hiring where we could pretty much hire anybody anywhere in the world great well let's so as we're talking about the business it makes me think you know you're in the communication business um so you know our show is always about how people how our learners and listeners here can learn more about communication styles especially from a leadership uh both of you are leading this organization so uh no maybe let's start with you and and here's the question you know what does communication mean to you it's a good question considering we're on the topic <laughs> of communication <laughs> yeah. uh, Very abstract. communication means a lot to me to me it's really the focal point of of operating a business i mean without solid communication then you know you, you really don't have much of a business and there's so many elements wrapped into communication it's communicating with your staff it's communicating with your clients it's communicating with per, uh, prospective clients 
Um, so I really look at it as the focal point of any business, any business that you look at, any successful business that you look at today. I mean, just look at the communication that they have internally with their staff. Um, you yeah. know, chances are, um, you know, all the major corporations have, uh, you know, decently happy staff. I mean, it depends which company you look at, but the way that they are able, are able to articulate to their staff um, enables them to grow. I mean, once you grow your skill set and your, your staff base, then you're able to grow your clientele. And then tying in communication with uh, your clientele is you need to articulate to your clientele your message, what you do, what you're selling, why you're better than the competitor. So all of that is under the umbrella of great and strong communication. Those are great points. I'm going to come back to some of those because a lot of good things in there. I have a couple more questions on that. But Marco, let's go. And now, Marco, let's go to you. <laughs> Same question. Marco here with the weather. Um, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it is a, a really loaded question. And ultimately, it's funny yeah. because communication, I think, is something that I've always struggled with. Sometimes it, the thing is that people receive messages differently. Um, something mm. I've always admired not always something I newly admire about Noah that at first we kind of struggled with is he's very direct. And I think a lot of people appreciate that where sometimes his directness to me sounded a little bit crass and I'd be like, let's fluff it up a little bit. Let's fluff it up a little bit. But what happened is right. that sometimes the message gets lost in the fluff. And I thought I was a better communicator because I was like, I'm directing this message to this person and not knowing how they receive communication. And as I get, you know, older, a little bit wiser, a little bit more, you know, more gray hair as I realize that directness is so appreciated because you know where you stand with that person, right? So that's something that I've learned to appreciate. It doesn't come naturally to me, so I'm learning how to do it. But just to tie into something now when I'm speaking with employees specifically or partners, um, I use the acronym PRAISE, and it's pause, repeat, acknowledge, inform, and inform, suggest, and execute. I had to write it down so I didn't screw it up. Okay. Um, yeah. But just to give you a quick example, if you're talking to, a, to an employee who feels like they're working too hard because they're understaffed. So first right. they tell you that and you pause. So it's, I'm listening to you. I'm hearing you. I'm not interrupting you. Then it's repeating what they're saying. So what you're saying is you're overworked because we're understaffed and you need support. Yes. So then you acknowledge that. I understand we're busy. I understand we need, you need support and make them feel heard. And then you inform them. So we're actually in the process of hiring. It takes longer than we think. We, we're getting you as much support as we can, but there's a process. And then you make a suggestion. So since this person's going to be working directly with you, how about you join the next couple of inter interviews? So you have a say in who we hire. You're going to be training them. So then they can come into your team and you'll feel comfortable and then execute. And then the execution part is let's do it. We're working together. We're a team. We're doing this to be better for both of us. So it's something that I repeat to myself over and over again, but it has helped a lot with communicating internally with staff. I, I, no, I'm going to give you, uh, Marco, I'm going to give you some praise on that. Uh, uh, that is really, really, uh, you nailed what communication is, is how are they going to receive it? And it's a balance of, of the fluff and the directness. Uh, but what I really like is that you speak to the emotions first by, you know, pausing, mm -hmm. which is making sure they're finished speaking or, uh, you know, people don't want answers right away. They want to know that they've been heard first and then they're going to be open to the answers. So it's neuroscience has said that people react to things first emotionally and then use logic to substantiate Absolutely. it afterwards. And that's exactly what that praise is doing is they're going to be more open to your suggestion if you, if they felt acknowledged. Yeah, absolutely. Noah, thoughts on, th thoughts on the praise model. 
Absolutely. I just wish you would share that with, uh, you would have shared that with me earlier. It was the first time I heard you speak of that. It I, wasn't I mean, an acronym until we realized we were going to be guests. And I was like, let's actually make it sound like an acronym. And I took all the components of it. I was like, that actually sounds pretty good. Like, I'm going to use that. It is something that we both definitely use on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. Uh, I just never heard the acronym part of it before. So um, send me it's your note on after so I could put it up uh, on the whiteboard here. There you go. You, you just made communications into log logistics and operations. Really, yeah, Joel, Joel, you're all to thank for this one. <laughs> well, uh, so this is this is this is great. I'm glad I'm glad we uh, we did that. Uh, now let's talk about um, you know you you guys have hinted about you know working with each other for the since the beginning. Um, you know how do you communicate with each other? Like people, our listeners probably want to know. How does this work when it's a small company in the sense that it's the two of you basically running with a lot of people? But how do you how do you maintain dealing with conflict with each other, maybe difference of opinions with each other? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think uh, Mark and I are very fortunate that we have a very strong working relationship. Uh, he has all the qualities I don't, and, and I have some of the qualities that he doesn't. And, and together, that's why we make a very strong partnership. Um, and I think when we started, very early on we were never two people to sit at the table and yell at each other we are mm -hmm. two people that will sit at the table and articulate to each other and hear each other out um and essentially debate and have a healthy debate on if i think something's right and he thinks it's wrong we'll debate about the point and essentially until one person gets exhausted that's uh, that's when we know who the winner is right but uh, there's some things that I feel super, super strong in. And, you know, we're lucky enough that, that, that we each have the intuition when it comes to each other that he could tell when I'm super passionate about something. And if he's not as passionate about it, then, you know, we'll, we'll go my way on that and vice versa. Same thing with him. When I could tell that he's super passionate and he 100% believes in something. And if I'm at only a 99% belief in it, then we'll go with his way. And if we really, you know, I, to be completely honest, I don't think there has been a situation where we just have not been able to come to a conclusion. If anything, there's been a situation where we said, okay, let's try your way for a week. We'll see how it goes. We'll try my way for a week. We'll see how it goes. And then we'll figure out the plan from there. Um, but I, yeah, I think we're just very fortunate because we also keep the lines of communication open with each other. Uh, we speak, you know, hourly uh, on Slack. So Slack's a really important part of our company, but we also have a one hour call scheduled for him and I only. We have other calls scheduled throughout the week with other members of our team, but every Tuesday at two o'clock, it's one hour, just him and I. And sometimes we don't even have anything to talk about in regards to business. So sometimes, you know, we're literally just talking about how much better the Leafs are than the Canadians. <laughs> we're talking about the latest restaurant he went to. But I, I put said, those on mute. Yeah. <laughs> but I said, no matter what, we've said this for years, no matter what, even if we have nothing to talk about, uh, even if it's just a, hey, how are you? How's your week going? Every Tuesday, two o'clock, we're on the phone, no matter what. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, my jaw is, my jaw is dropped because this is, this is so good as to how to deal with There's so much, so much gold in there, uh, Noah and Marco and how you guys deal with it. Um, one is, and I'll give you another acronym from what I'm hearing. <laughs> the acronym is Q-tip, quit taking it personally. Yeah. So it sounds like you have a lot of respect for each other that when you're giving each other, talking to each other or sharing opinions or thoughts that neither of you are taking it personally, like you respect each other. Yeah, we, we do. And, and like I said, it's not to say that we don't have emotional conversations and there have been topics where Noah and I are both passionate about it that does 
that does come with that context of being emotional and wanting it our way. But like I said, we're always we're always open to capitulating and there always is that iota where one person is a little bit more passionate and some conversations do take longer to get there, but eventually like Noah said, we'll compromise, capitulate. Sure. Let's try it your way, you know, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Um, which is excellent. And it's strong in terms of our communication. What I really appreciate with those Tuesday calls that Noah mentioned as well, is it just adds structure to our communication lines. So when you're a yeah. startup and you're, you know, you're in this entrepreneurial world where you're on an absolute grind, you're texting each other at two in the morning, emailing each other, responding, calling that person. And there is a lot of charm to that when you're starting a business. But eventually now we know that we're both respectively busy. We have more structure. We have a team. So it's like, you know, that question that I have on Thursday that can wait a couple days. I don't need to text you and not centralize it. I'm going to write it down. And then we have that structured call. And on Tuesday, we'll, we'll be like, okay, what do you have to go through today? And bang, bang, bang. This is what I have. Bang, bang, bang. This is what I have. And if it's urgent, we can call each other whenever we need to or slack each other. But it adds structure to that dialogue, which I actually think um, mitigates some of that temper as well so not everything is a conversation once you have a list much like an agenda at a meeting you know what's on the table and you know what you need to solve and I think that helps dramatically as well I think I think there's some good points in there also I think as a organization you really need to understand uh, I mean every organization is going to be a little bit different our issues are different than another company's issues and but you really need to understand is this an email is this a slack is this a phone call is this a face-to-face -face right. meeting Yes. There are some things throughout the day where I could send him a Slack or a text and he'll, he'll know that I need an answer on that right away. And that's obviously important. And it's usually a quick thing. Yes, no, you know, the meeting's at four, whatever it may be. Right. Right. But there's things that aren't as urgent and those things will either be safe for our call or, you know, if we have a face to face meeting coming up, we understand some things are for the call. Some things are for face to face. And some things are for Slack and for email. So again, every organization is going to be different of how they prioritize that. But I think it's really important to understand uh, what sort of issues fall into what category. Yeah, definitely. And, and another thing to mention too is is Noah and I are lucky as well in the sense that we were friends before we were partners. And there's a lot yeah. of horror stories when that doesn't work out well. But for us, it worked yeah. out really well. And I think the fact that um, we're really different. Somebody very early on in our relationship and our business told us um, that we have a higher chance of success because we're so different. They were like, if you were the same person, there'd be no reason for you to partner. So as Noah mentioned, he brings everything to the table that I'm missing um, and that helps. And sometimes that community, again, going back to communication, sometimes the communication we struggle with a little bit when we're trying to get that message across. But once I see it from his perspective and he sees it from mine and then having that foundation of our relationship i've known him since i was you know 10 11 so like we were teammates and friends before we were business partners so that all ties into it and overall it it definitely reflects in our relationship and it reflects in how we how we communicate with one another and the trust that we have for each other as well as well right we can talk openly and q-tip you know we try not to take it personally but being friends right. we're, we can get there pretty quickly <laughs> right. But as you said, it could be a horror story when it's friends. Uh, but somehow, you know, as you said, you, 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 with your background in operational logistics, you, you've kind of figured this out as, as to how to, how to do it that way. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's take, we're going to take a, a little break here. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about 
you know, again, two of you have sat in on hundreds of meetings, plus you've had, you have hundreds of people working for you who sat in on hundreds of meetings. So what is it, what makes a meeting work well and why do meetings go badly? We'll talk about that and we'll talk about the failure to the moment. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Joy Newhold and we'll be right back to our interview. When I started the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company in 2002, I never would have imagined that one day we would have a podcast. So first, I want to thank you for listening and share some really exciting information about our organization with you. For years, we have made our live instructor-led software and soft skills training, consulting and coaching services customizable to meet the unique needs of each client and committed ourselves to a high quality of customer service. This combined to make the learning experience better for the participants and the planning process easier for the organizer. We love helping our clients so much we also develop many additional free resources to help you along the way, and this podcast is just one of them. At greatcanadiantraining.ca, you will find our free monthly webinars, blog articles, and free downloads covering everything from building better dashboards in Excel to navigating difficult conversations and everything in between. So make sure to join us at greatcanadiantraining.ca. But for now, I better let you get back to the podcast. Please enjoy the rest of the interview. All right, welcome back. Uh, this has been great. I love that praise model. I love the way you guys are talking about how you've communicated with each other and uh, so proactive about setting up meetings with each other, and that's there. Uh, now let's talk about talking about structure. Let's talk about good meetings, bad meetings. So let's start with the positive. Let's start about you know what do you think are a couple of key steps for people to have good meetings. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll preface this conversation, then I'll let Marco, Marco take it. But um, yeah, so as you know, we do professional minute taking for, for board meetings primarily. So because of the nature of our business, we are involved with, I mean, since our inception, we've been involved with over 20,000 meetings. Um, at the beginning, it was Marco and I sitting in and, and a lot of the meetings, if not all of the meetings. And then as we grew, we've developed our staff and now it's our staff who are sitting in and, and taking the minutes of the meeting. So uh, we are we are privy to a lot of private and sensitive information that goes on at meetings. Right. We're also privy to watching things unfold at meetings. So we really do have a strong understanding of, of what makes a successful meeting and what makes an unsuccessful meeting. Um, and I'll let Marco, you know, lead in, uh, I'll take that question and just talk about, you know, the successes, how it turns in, um, from the agenda to the, to the chair and all that type of thing. Yeah, sure. In, in, in terms of, in terms of technicalities, there are a couple of things that go into the meeting. I mean, no one, I have seen a lot of meetings where the board isn't harmonious and, and sometimes they reach out to us specifically because they find that somebody, a group that's particularly bellicose or has somebody that's outspoken and a little bit potentially even rude because there's a lot of emotions at the table, that having right. an objective third-party minute taker will placate them a little bit, if you will. So it'll calm them down knowing that now there's somebody in the room who's entirely objective and taking the minutes. We don't write right. the things down that they're saying verbatim. And ultimately, our job is to protect the board and make sure that the things that are written down is what's pertinent to the meeting and the next steps. Um, but essentially what makes, so not all, essentially not all people who are meeting our friends, oftentimes we're called specifically because they're not, but we find that even in those meetings, they can have success 
as long as they're they're planned. So you're not undermining anyone. I'm not planning a meeting um, with no one, someone else, and leaving Joel out of it because I know he's going to go against me. And it's right. they all get my point across without him being there. So a good meeting is inclusive. It's making sure that everybody is invited. Um, everybody who needs to be there is there. It has a purpose. So there's a desired outcome. So that can be mm. put into the agenda as well. So, you know, an, an analogy I use is painting the lobby. So we go into a meeting and we have an agenda and it says, okay, like, let's paint the lobby. Something as simple as that. We have our own opinions. We have our own favorite colors. What we're talking about, what everybody talks about, doesn't get put into the minutes, but essentially the outcome will. So there was a discussion of what color to paint the lobby. It leaves out the individual preferences that don't serve a purpose to the minutes, and then the outcome. And if there's a vote, a motion, you include that all. So you want uh, you want a desired outcome before the meeting. And then um, the third thing to me is a good chair. So you need a chairperson. It's essentially a referee at the meeting. If you have a lot of big personalities you know, and you don't have somebody in control. If you have a weak chair, we call them, the meeting is going to take, go all over directions. It's going to be difficult for the minute taker. It's going to be difficult to read the minutes because they're following all sorts of different trajectories. Um, yeah. So ultimately they're inclusive. They have a desired outcome and they have a strong chair who can be like, okay, it's enough. Like, and the nice thing about virtual meetings is there is a mute button now. So in case somebody gets carried away, that's more of a joke than anything, Joel, but, but we'll right. some clients being like, I, you know, I want to use that mute button, but yeah, ultimately they're inclusive. There's a desired outcome and a strong chair person. Yeah, I know. I still haven't figured out how to play music over someone. <laughs> yeah, they're they're being they're being escorted out. Um, so it's yeah, so it's it's a strong chairperson or the facilitator, you right. know, in, in another type of meeting. Uh, and I guess obviously setting those ground rules also helps. So it it empowers the the, the chairperson or facilitator to to be able to say right, you know, let's keep to our. You had two minutes. That was the two minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, setting that it sounds like setting that agenda is also really important. Right. So when we veer off, we know where we're going. And and I think the most important thing is, you know, why are we all here? It's that sense of purpose, which which adds to the inclusiveness. Why why we're all here and what we're going to do with this? I think in the corporate world, we've all been. You know, there's that joke like, why, like, don't make a meeting something that can be an email. I, I said it improperly, yeah. but, you know, we've all said it on meetings where we're like, why did I just waste 90 minutes of my time sitting in that room where nothing happened? So I would say yeah. almost most importantly, it's, it's having that desired outcome and making sure that that meeting has a purpose and you're not wasting anyone's time. It's not a meeting about having another meeting. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let, let's go. Let's go over now to bad meetings then, Noah. So what what makes meetings unsuccessful? We, we got a taste of maybe some things that were, they could go wrong. Uh, any other thoughts now about why meetings don't go well? Pretty much just flip the script on what Marco <laughs> just said. I mean, unorganized meetings that have no right. real point. Uh, there's no real leader to the meeting. Uh, everybody's kind of throwing their thoughts into the middle of the table. And uh, there's a lot of arguing and you know, you, again, I mean, if you look at what makes a successful meeting, if you don't have those points, you're going to end up with a bad meeting. You need somebody to really drive the meeting. You need a person to drive the meeting, but you also need a document as well to drive the meeting in terms of an agenda saying, you know, this is what we're going to cover. You, you could veer so far off course from topic. Um, you know, you could start talking about uh you know changing the painting in the hallway or whatever and then you start talking about vacationing to mexico like it just doesn't right. make any sense so if you could always look back to uh, either a person to tie things back together and bring things back to where they need to be or that document i.e the agenda and saying okay we veered a little bit off course let's go back we're on subject two right now let's continue talking about subject two 
um, then you should be on pace. Also, you know, if you get, if you're getting into a meeting where uh, you know it's going to be contentious beforehand, well, right off the bat, you have a very likelihood of your meeting becoming very difficult and very drawn out, very long. So again, the agenda and, and a meeting lead really helps with uh, especially meetings that look like they're going to be a little bit more difficult because of the nature of the topic. The leader of the meeting, the chairperson or the manager or whatever the nature of your business is, having a centralized figure that everybody at the meeting can kind of look to to really tie things back together and, and keep things within the, the box that they need to be kept in for that meeting. Yeah, it sounds like the, the chairperson or facilitator of that meeting is is pivotal to, to a successful meeting. As much as we want to believe that we're all adults and we can speak. Most of us uh, aren't, actually. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and uh, okay, well, this is great. So thank you for, for sharing that. That's, that's some really some key points about what makes it successful. And I'm just wondering one final note, and Marco, you kind of mentioned this, with you know having that minute taker there, do you think people are a bit more on better behavior because all of a sudden there's that third party that's in the room? Yeah, we've heard that. We've definitely heard that. I think every board is different, but sometimes you can get a little bit too comfortable. And I think um, from the feedback that I've gotten from some boards that, that really experience a lot of disharmony because, you know, of one, two or multiple personalities, uh, having that objective third party, you know, there, whether it's virtually or knowing that those minutes are good, knowing that the meeting, whether it's a recording um, or taking or happening in person, that there is going to be, and what we do isn't a transcript, but that there's going to be what was said essentially articulated into what needs to be done. I certainly think it does come with a component of making something feel a little bit more official and people tend to be better behaved when things are official. So yeah, I definitely think it plays a role. That's, that's good insight. All right, let's go to our final segment, which we like to call failure. Ta-da! And so, uh, Marco Noah, this is from the world of improvisation, where uh, we celebrate failures. So, uh, you're gonna, I'm gonna ask you guys uh, to share a failure moment, something during your your career or in business interactions where there was a failure, what felt like a failure at the time, uh, but it was actually a real learning point. Uh, and I'll ask you to share it, and we'll celebrate it at the end. If you want to say "ta-da," feel free to do so. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, no, me, go ahead. The, I, I find the word failure to be very interesting, and it's definitely a word that I try not to use often at all. Um, if you're in a situation and it doesn't work out successful or in the way that you want to look to work out, uh, I always try and take a lesson from it. And to me, if I could draw a lesson from a situation that was not successful, then I just don't call that a failure. It might have been something that didn't work out or it wasn't the outcome you wanted. But I very seldomly use the word failure, as long as you could draw a lesson from that and apply that lesson to your next venture or your next idea or whatever it is, whatever's next in your process. Um, but for us, very early on, we had a classic uh, entrepreneurial issue when we first started out. Uh, we were growing too quickly. And before, like right when we started our business, before any clients, you know, just like any entrepreneur, Yes, let's get in clients, as many clients as possible. Take a million, we'll take all of them. The only way to be successful is have the most clients ever, right? And you do everything you do to drive as much business as possible. So uh, we were obviously working under that mindset because we're just normal, regular entrepreneurs. And um, 
it failed us. It failed us uh, pretty big at the beginning, as much as I don't like to use the word failed. Um, so we actually stopped uh, for about six months and mm -hmm. we put our sales initiatives on a complete hold. We didn't do any sales whatsoever uh, for about six months. And this was about 12 months into starting our business. And Mark, when I okay. looked at it, we said, what are the issues right now? Because the reason why we stopped it completely is because our attrition rate from new clients was pretty big. We were losing about 20 to 25% of the new clients that were coming in. And we kind of said, hey, like, what is going on here? Are we really, are we running a, a crappy business? Are we running a service that people actually don't like? Are we failing? Are we not doing a good job? So we took a week and we scanned our entire business and we really looked at things and it boiled down to our hiring and training process. Mm. So when we looked at it, we said, A, for the most part, it's very difficult for us to find staff to facilitate meetings. So some meetings we can't even find staff to facilitate for. Uh, other meetings we're finding staff super last minute and the staff are going in unprepared. And then on top of that, we took a look at our staff and we said, well, how good are our staff at completing the job? So mm -hmm. once we took a look at all that, we realized our hiring process wasn't great. Our training process wasn't great. And uh, our process to retain staff also wasn't great because we were losing a lot of staff as well. So Marco and I spent about six months really looking at things and really honing in things and putting processes in place. And to tie these processes into communication, you know, as you mentioned before, our company was remote from day one. So right. it's not like we could bring everybody into a boardroom and say, okay, you know, this is what we're gonna do. This is how you're gonna get trained. You're gonna be in this classroom for the next week getting trained on our processes, on how to do things and how to become professional men takers. Our company was remote. So we had to figure out how to do all of this through virtual means. So not only did we have to perfect the mechanism and our process of hiring and retaining, but we also had to perfect the mechanism of training our staff all virtually. So we really dug in, uh, we became absolute experts at our craft. Marco and I became the best minute takers you possibly could become. We did all the training, all the outside training. We really studied the craft to really understand uh, the industry and what makes the best and, and what differentiates the best from the rest of the pack. And then what we did was we took a lot of time to say, okay, we have this knowledge, but how do we communicate it and how do we articulate it through virtual means? Do we need to put together videos? Do we need to put together online webinars? Do we need to put together a manual? What is it that's going to make us successful to articulate our process and our skill set to our new hires? So um, again, I, I don't think, I wouldn't say we failed at the beginning. We took uh, you know a bit of a kick at losing a lot of our clients and obviously having our revenue dwindle. But to us, we, we honed it in over a, a span of six months to really figure out how to perfect this. And I use the word perfect loosely because it's always evolving. It's always changing. Even you know today, we're still changing our process. We're always trying to improve. We're always trying to get better. But what did we do in 2000? I guess it was 2015 we did this. What did we do and what did we learn and how did we figure out a new process forward to be able to continue to grow our company and not have such a high attrition rate. I, I'm pausing. I'm I'm putting praise in the place. I'm pausing in case Marco wanted to say something. I, I did. I think I think Noah said it all. Though it's uh, yeah. I don't have anything to add to that. I <laughs> I remember it well, and I'm just kind of flashing back to a lot of those conversations. And uh, yeah, yeah. No, he's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, th- this is a nice, this is great. Thank you. This is a nice tie-in as to, you know, how you are also communicating with each other, which is um, it can always be better. Um, it took a lot of courage to take a, to say pause and, you know, we we got all these sales coming in and take a pause and go, no, we, we can be better. We need to be better. And how do we communicate what, what's in our mind and what's in our heads and what's in our hearts, but how do we communicate to make sure that everybody feels that they're also on board and we're all speaking the same language? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. And like that, that whole experience was, was us communicating not only with each other, but understanding it and then having to communicate what we learned, which was a, a long process. And, and there definitely yeah. is a, an art and a science to good minute taking. It's, you know, not an industry I ever, I ever thought I'd end up in. I didn't even know it was an industry really until no one, I started this company and we are in a, in a, in a sense, pioneers of it in terms of how, you know, fast we've grown and how, we, how big we've become. But I genuinely feel that, um, that we've done it the right way. You know, we were boots on the ground. Like we bootstrapped this business from day one we knocked on doors you know sold sold the idea and then and then had to pivot along the way and, and it's always evolving like Noah said we never sit there and are like we did it it's we're doing it you know we're doing it and we're learning as we go well it's like those it's like those Tuesday meetings at two o'clock it's like you know we, we what every you have this checklist what do we need to, what do we need to do to keep being better correct so I think that's a great lesson for everyone in business um, and everyone in, in communication too what can I do to make sure that the person receiving my message that we're speaking the same language so I love that uh, Noah and Marco this has been Great. We learned about good meetings, bad meetings, how to communicate with each other. We learned a new model, trademarked by Marco, praise, uh, which <laughs> is you. great to stand by. And um, so uh, Liz, our listeners would probably love to know, how can they learn more about Noah Marco or the Minute Solutions? So where can we go to find out more? Sure. Uh, our site is at minutesolutions.com. Minutes is plural and solutions is also plural. It's a bit of a difficulty when uh, we're explaining we're, uh, that to clients. Yeah, well, telling right. telling, t- telling clients their emails uh, they always forget an S somewhere along the way, um, and yeah, your listeners can also contact us directly if they have any questions, um, comments, feedback, or uh, you know they want to learn a little bit more about communication or minute taking. Uh, my email is Noah at minutesolutions.com. Marco is Marco at minutesolutions.com, and um, on LinkedIn as well. And yeah, on LinkedIn, okay. yeah, yeah. Anything we could do to help uh, your listeners, uh, you know, guys, feel free to reach out to us. Perfect. That would, that would be really helpful. And I took a look at your website. And I see there's some great blogs there too, which is some, some great resources. So yeah. definitely yeah. worth checking out. Noah and Marco, thank you so much for your time on the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast. And uh, to more success and more successful uh, meetings at 2 o'clock. Thank you, Joel. That was thank a lot of fun. We appreciate it. And now it's time for our three stars, No Trois Etoiles. These are the three takeaways from today's episode that you can start to put into practice. Number one, we've got a communication acronym from today, and it's PRAISE. Pause, repeat, acknowledge, inform, execute. Our takeaway from that is you want the other person to feel heard and understood before you make a request. Number two, Tuesday meeting. Commitment to communicate. No matter the size of your organization, knowing that there is a weekly meeting to share thoughts, ideas, even if you think there's nothing to say, you're keeping those lines of communication open. Number three, the keys to a successful meeting is agenda, inclusive, outcome, and the chairperson. Set the expectations with that agenda. Invite all that should be there and make sure you have an outcome, not just another meeting. 
And ideally, someone needs to be the referee. So, what's the next step? Well, if you're not sure where you can apply these three stars in business or maybe even in life, try this. Drop your ego. If in the next few days there's an opportunity to make something better, your organization, a process, maybe yourself, then drop your ego. Look at the idea or the process without taking it personally. Enjoy. Thank you for joining us in our search for what makes a great communicator. If you enjoyed the show, then please leave a rating or review. Even better, subscribe to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast and make sure you don't miss another episode. Let's stay connected. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at GCT underscore CompUEs. And if you'd like more information, free resources or class schedules on everything from software to soft skills training, consulting or coaching, then go on over to greatcanadiantraining.ca. Thank you, and we will see you next episode.